0: Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Stat Hero, the first ever daily fantasy sports book that gives the player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash locked on for 300% back on your first play.
1: You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Back here again for another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, here with you, talking Carolina Panthers. Typically every day, but right now in the month of June, three times a week. So make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us also on Spotify on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts from. Make sure to do that so you can download the episode every morning that it comes out for you, and you can get that. I will also tweet it out, which is why you can follow me on Twitter, Julian Council, at Julian Council on Twitter, where I'm going to also need your participation every Friday for our weekly Friday mailbag throughout the off season. Didn't get too many questions this week. Maybe you guys are running out of questions. Maybe you guys just, you know, I don't know. You just didn't want to participate. I don't know. It, it is what it is. It's fine. So I will answer the questions that I did get. I'll also get into some of the OTA observations from a couple days ago. Uh, Taylor Moulton, we had the conversation last week about him potentially moving the left tackle. Someone asked me about that. Apparently, he was playing a little left tackle. Why was that? Is that a permanent fix? Joey Sly, seeing a sports psychologist this offseason. Might that help him? And also the Panthers have finalized some joint practices uh, this preseason when they go up north. So we'll get there, but let's first start off with what's kind of, I guess, been the biggest news surrounding the Carolina Panthers the last two days. And that is Panthers quarterback Sam Darnold saying that he has not been vaccinated for COVID-19. So the only reason I'm having this conversation is apparently this has become something where reporters reasonably so because it's a big topic right now are asking athletes if they have been vaccinated for covid considering what's gone on last year and all the protocols where they had to do things virtually and they couldn't leave their hotel rooms and they were locked in their houses for a period of time last year it's interesting to me that a lot of guys have been hesitant now it's not they're not the only ones there's plenty of people in this country for whatever reason who do not want the covid-19 vaccine Um, I personally have had it. I have no problem telling people I've had it. I find it weird when someone's like, I'm not going to say whether I've had it or not. If you're doing that then you probably haven't had it and you probably don't want to want it, which is, you know, your own prerogative. Does it negatively affect people in your community? Um, yes, more likely. Yes, than no. But either way, sure, people have their own personal choice. But we also have our own personal choice to call people out for not getting a COVID vaccine when it's going to impact the Carolina Panthers potentially in a negative way. The NFL has yet to come with concrete protocols for guys who are vaccinated and guys who are not vaccinated. But what we know, at least in terms of what's likely to happen, guys who've been vaccinated can go around the building without a mask on. They can go out of town during a bye week. When they're on the road, they can leave the hotel. Guys who aren't vaccinated are going to have to wear a mask. They're not going to be allowed to leave town during the bye week. They're going to have to stay in the hotel on road trips, which is kind of weird to me, like, after being locked up, why you would want to continue to go through the testing and the protocols when, if you get the shot, like the other shots that you have, like polio and measles and mumps and all those things you've never had because of the vaccine... um, Why wouldn't you get this one? So I I don't know. It doesn't really make any sense to me. Like personally, it's illogical to me why anyone would say they don't want the COVID-19 vaccine. Again, I know you guys say there's people out there. You have your own personal choice. In the United States of America, you're free to do whatever the hell you want. So, okay, that's fine. But Sam Darnold, his reasoning though, doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. He said it's everyone's choice whether they want to get vaccinated or not, which yes, facts, of course. For me, I'm staying by myself right now. I don't have a family or anything like that. There's a ton of different things that go into it. I'm gonna evaluate that on my own and make the best decision that I feel like is the best for myself, which hey, that's fine. But what about the team? Like, remember, like football's the ultimate team sport. If your team can't do meetings in person indoors because you won't get vaccinated, is that best for you? Is that best for the team? It's a little selfish. Again, he can do whatever he wants. I'm not saying that he can't. But I am saying it's a little ridiculous in my opinion. Fine, you live alone. I also live alone. I know plenty of people who live alone who've gotten the vaccine and they go to work. Um, Like, I work for NASCAR as my day job. NASCAR did not tell us that we had to get vaccinated. Like the National Football League, they are not telling their employees that they have to be vaccinated. But NASCAR did say that if you want to go into certain locations, like into the garage on race day, which... I, working for the Motor Racing Network, where we broadcast the races, we have access to that. If I want to be able to go around the team owners and around the drivers and their pit crew, I can't do that without the vaccine. So much like Sam Darnold, if he doesn't get the vaccine, he's not able to do certain things. So it might be the best decision for himself, but it's the best thing for the Carolina Panthers. I don't quite understand it. And he says he doesn't have a family. Didn't his parents come visit him? during the wells fargo tournament back in may so did his parents not go anywhere indoors with him maybe they're vaccinated i don't know but it is just kind of interesting that he says i don't have a family you did have people come visit you and you're not vaccinated but you know what his decision whatever and as we know sam darnold has doesn't have the strongest decision making on the field so not really shocking that it's terrible again off the field at least my opinion you can have your own opinion you can be upset by this if you want but again it's logical not to get a vaccine and joey Sly pretty much said as much uh when he was asked about it he said when they gave the AOK okay to say that this is something that's okay it was kind of a no-brainer for me to go ahead and get it uh that's what he said of a medical medical team from st jude's children's research hospital in Memphis, Tennessee, maybe you've heard of it. I'm sure you've donated money to it at some point in time when going through the grocery store. Um, he also said, I think you can have a conversation with people about it. And I think it's important to have conversation with people about it and to be able to discuss in a relaxed way to get some people to get at ease about what the virus is, what the vaccine may do. But at the same time, I don't want people to get, into, get it without letting them make their own decision for themselves, which fine, make your own decision for yourself. And again, I am not saying that you cannot make your own personal choice. Fine have at it but if you're gonna make your own personal choice which i believe is a dumb one i'm going to call you out for being dumb and sam donald didn't say anything as crazy as montez sweat who up in washington with the football team ron rivera former panthers coach brought in some vaccine experts to educate the team because they were getting close to 50 percent they want to get more than that obviously so they can do more things and montez sweat said afterwards that he's kind of not with it he needs more facts Which is interesting to me when Ron Rivera literally brought in people to provide facts. But apparently the facts that they were providing weren't the facts that Montez Sweat wanted. So that was super stupid. Darnold, not so much. Not smart. Not stupid. But dumb. Bruce Arians, he's also chimed in, head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he said that, yeah, I told him to go get it. If you want things to be back normal, get the vaccine. And it's not political to say that. Like, the reason why we're able to do a lot of things and things are opening up, we're going to have full capacity stadiums this fall and right now is because of the vaccine. So it doesn't really make a lot of sense that these guys want to be locked up and have all these protocols. Brandon Bean, who was raised in a Panthers organization, assistant GM with Marty Herney, now up in Buffalo as their general manager, he said that if it comes down, to breaking down the 53-man roster and there's two guys on the cut line, he's going to take the guy who's vaccinated over the guy who's not because it's going to make it easier for the Buffalo Bills to conduct their business. So it doesn't make a lot of sense. John Rom of the PGA Tour had a six-stroke lead on Saturday at the Memorial Tournament. Uh, and he had to withdraw because he caught COVID. He tested positive. John Rahm, who had not gotten vaccinated until he was in close contact. Last week of the PGA tour had to use a separate locker room and he had to go through daily testing players on the PGA tour who are vaccinated. And if they're close contacts, don't have to go through those steps. Only when Rahm was in contact with someone who had the virus. Was it when he realized, Oh man, I should probably get this vaccine. So what happened? Withdraw. Withdrew and lost 1.65 million dollars. That with the Patrick Cantlay instead because he wouldn't get vaccinated in a timely manner. Now John Rahm is in quarantine until June 15th. If you follow golf next weekend at Tory Pines, the South Course, US Open. I feel like John Rom's gonna have a tough time playing in the US Open after being out in quarantine for this time. I don't know, maybe he's working out still playing golf. I, I don't know. But, come on. Guys. You saw what he just lost. And Sam Darnold, and the people have made the joke, and I'm not saying anything that people haven't said before. People made the joke. Like, this is a dude who had mono. And missed three games because of that. In the middle of the season. And he's... Never played a full 16-game season, so it doesn't really make a ton of sense to me for someone who the Panthers went on the limb and are taking a risk on, who's supposed to be the leader of this football team as their quarterback and who they're hoping to invest in long-term. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me why he would risk his health in potentially missing games, and also potentially if he's in the same room as certain guys. Remember what happened last year with the Denver Broncos? To where if Will Greer and P.J. Walker say they don't get vaccinated for whatever reason, then they might have a complete quarterback room and they might be screwed. Why would you even allow it to be a possibility that you could negatively impact your team by not getting vaccinated? That's kind of where I stand on this. I think just personally, everyone should get it. If you don't want to, okay, fine, whatever. But there's plenty of information out there that tells you the vaccine is safe, but... Fine, if you don't believe that and you believe in other stuff, that's that's your own prerogative, and it's it's not very intelligent, but fine. Again, we live in America. Freedom of speech. You're allowed to believe whatever you think, even if what you think is wrong. Sam Darnold not getting vaccinated, especially after hearing Joey Sly, the kicker, who might not even make the roster, say like it was a no-brainer? Come on, man. So that's my thoughts on it. If you, I mean, you, if you listen to me and anyone knows me, what I said is not surprising. If you're, set, if you're upset by that, then I don't know, grow up, you'll get over it. All right, so I'll talk a little bit about the uh, other takeaways that we saw this past week from uh, Carolina Panthers OTAs. Coming up next week is going to be mandatory minicamp. Robbie Anderson, will he be there? Well, I hope, but I don't know. I don't think he really wants to take that kind of pay cut and that hit, that fine. But we'll get into it in just a moment. But first, guys, let me tell you about Stat Hero. Do you know 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising the game is rigged against you you're playing against thousands of other lineups not to mention experts who have more tools and more time you don't stand a chance well introducing stat hero it's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and the winning within reach here's how it works stat Hero shows your lineups and dares you to beat them it's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup you name their stakes, winner, take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You are in total control. Stat Hero is the DFS the way it was meant to be. One on one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com/slash locked on. Sign up for free. And right now, you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on stathero.com slash locked on. You guys already know that built bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And they have nine delicious flavors, including the occasional limited time flavors that we all love coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel are those nine staple flavors. There's something for everyone. And the really cool thing about Built Bar is if you want both cherry and mint brownie, well, you can do it. They give you mixed boxes where you can get half cherry, half mint brownie, or you can go half coconut almond or half peanut butter brownie, or what I typically do, I go half salted caramel and half Double chocolate. Built Bars are awesome. They're soft and easy to chew and covered in 100% chocolate. Now, not only are they delicious, they're also healthy. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So, there was other news that came out of Panthers OTAs this week outside of who got vaccinated and who didn't. So, let's get into that kind of stuff. Robbie Anderson's still not there for the Carolina Panthers. Matt Rule doesn't really want to talk about it. I do think he's probably a little frustrated, especially was like last week, it was 88 of the 90 guys showed up. There's some guys who were missing this week, like Dan Arnold. But also, when I put the audio for you guys last week, when uh, Matt Rule was addressed in the media, he says there's plenty of guys who have other things going on. So, I kind of understand. Robbie Anderson seems to just be chilling, man. I don't know what he's up to. I'm sure he's working out, taking care of his body. But again, OTAs are voluntary. If he does not show up for next week's mandatory mini camp that would be a little bit concerned. But apparently, he's talking to DJ Moore. DJ said that as much last week. Sam Darnold, he says, I'm not worried about Robbie Anderson. He'll be here. We'll get it all figured out. We already got that rapport. So if they're not worried about it, I'm not necessarily worried about it. Yeah, you'd like for you guys to be here. But again... The NFLPA has told its players to stay away. The Panthers are one of the teams that really did not opt, like uh, advocate for their guys not to show up in the way the Denver Broncos have been and other teams across the NFL. It's cool, though, that this team, being the youngest team in the NFL, realizes that these are very important practice days. And Robbie Anderson, unfortunately, he's not here. Will that factor in later on in the season in terms of offseason? Do they want to keep Robbie or not? I don't know. It will be interesting to see uh, what Matt Rule says next week if Robbie Anderson does not show up, and if he does show up, if he's all good with everything. Taylor Moten. Someone asked me last week on the Friday Mailbag if the Panthers should consider playing Taylor Moten at left tackle. Now, Taylor Moten has spent time at left tackle before. He started the 2018 opener against Dallas at left tackle, if you remember Daryl Williams, who's coming off of all-pro season, messed up his knee down in Spartanburg. He tried to give it a go, and it just, God, it did not work for him. And I really felt bad, and it set him back for the next season. And then last year in Buffalo, he played well, and he got paid this past offseason. So we're happy for Daryl, even though he kind of was a turnstile and and out of position in, in 2019. But, man, it's not his fault. Either way, Moten started that 2018 opener against Dallas, a win, of course, at Bank of America Stadium for the Carolina Panthers. But his more natural spot is the right side, where he started the last 47 games in a row. He's been the most consistent player on the Panthers roster during that time had Christian McCaffrey not gotten injured then I'd say CMC but since he did get injured and Moten's been awesome he's been nails and there's talk that he's going to be up for a 15 million dollar per year deal whenever he gets extended hopefully here in Carolina that dude is a stud but he does not belong on the left side everything's opposite it's hard to go and change now in a crunch If Trent Scott and Cam Irving, like they were sidelined with undisclosed injuries the other day, if they are injured during the season and the Panthers need to find someone to protect Sam Darnold's blindside, then yeah, they can throw Taylor Moten over there and I'm sure he'll succeed. But he does not need to be there permanently. The Panthers had an opportunity to put him over there back when Ron Rivera was here and clearly they realized that his best position was at right tackle. Matt Rule said... He's just got so much time put in there at right tackle. So to go over, people could do it, but he just doesn't have much time over there. It's fun for him. It's not something we're really majorly doing though. So he pretty much said it's nothing, not a big deal. NBD guys. Uh, Joey Sly, who Joey had his moments, his first year here when Graham ganot was out. And last year, he struggled. He really hasn't been that good of a kicker the last two seasons. He struggled with accuracy back in college at Virginia Tech. He has a monster leg. No one is doubting that. And you saw last year in New Orleans where he was just inches away from an NFL record field goal, which would have, I think, either tied or won the game. I can't remember the score at the point in time. But it would have been huge for Carolina in that game. Um, Please someone remind me uh, what would have happened in that situation. I think it would either tied or won the game. But either way. Joey Sly has a big leg, but he's not the most accurate kicker. Matt Rule also didn't put him in great situations last year, asking him to go out there and kick these uh, record-long NFL kicks and plus fifty yards. He wasn't that accurate. It's just wild what they asked him to do—just comically long field goals. And it was honestly, I thought it was a joke. I thought Matt Rule was just messing with us halfway through the season with all these things he was asking Joey Sly to try and go out there and attempt. Like you're not better off just going for it on like third and fourteen opposed to kicking from sixty-seven yards. Or 4th and 14, I guess. Or whatever. So Joey Side apparently has been seeing a sports psychologist this past off season. And if you know anything about kicking, it's kind of like golf. That's my second golf reference of the podcast. And I'm going through this with my golf game. I'm, like, I'm completely mentally wrecked. I probably should see a sports psychologist myself. It's a mental game. If you're confident and you get that flow with you, you're swinging it with your leg or the club, and you're hitting it pure, then things are great. But when, you know, you get a little off, and it's one of those things, like with golf, you're, you're, in, you're inches away from disaster a lot of times when you're swinging and with your contact. And with kicking the football, I feel like kind of the same way. You're inches away from completely shanking it, where if you have it positioned correctly, you're going to nail the kick. Or you're going to push it wide, you're going to completely scuff the thing. And Joey Slides is trying to figure out what's going on with that, so hopefully for his sake, and for the Panthers' sake, of course, because I think they have not a great kicker situation right now, considering what Joey Slides has done the last two years, and seeing Graham Gano go and be phenomenal in New York last season, get a new deal from the Gettleman. It kind of stinks. So hopefully for Joey and for the Panthers, he can get things figured out. Some news that came out also from OTAs, the Panthers have finalized their joint practices with the Colts in Indianapolis, according to Matt Rule. The teams will practice August 12th through 13th prior to the August 15th preseason game at Lucas Oil Stadium in downtown Indy. The Panthers might have joint practices the following week as well. They're talking with the Baltimore Ravens about practicing together in Charlotte or Spartanburg, heading into August 21st Expedition Game at Bank of America Stadium, according to sources uh, from Joe Person of The Athletic. I think that's cool. Again, one of the youngest teams in the NFL. Anytime you can get other work, and especially after not being able to do this last year, getting work at the Colts, who are a playoff team, a very good football team, especially defensively, getting work against them. The Ravens, another playoff team. Very good. If getting work against two playoff teams, when you have a young team, that's going to give you experience right there and extra reps, more meaningful than going up against each other for two days. I like that. The Panthers are doing that. So kudos to Matt rule for being engaged and trying to help his team out in the preseason during training camp. And I don't remember the Panthers ever, Having multiple times doing this. And the last time they had joint practices, what, back in 2019 when they did it with the Buffalo Bills? Of course, Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, yeah, Captain I mean, Panthers North, as we've called the Buffalo Bills for the last couple seasons after seeing so many Panthers go up there to join uh, former DC McDermott and former assistant general manager Brandon Bean. All right, so only a few questions this week for the Friday mailbag here on Lockdown Panthers. going to want more next week, but not a big deal. I'll answer those questions in just a moment for those who did participate this week. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all,
1: part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: all right let's do it again it's that time of the week it's the friday mailbag make sure to follow me on twitter at julian council and where you can at me or DM me, but don't get crazy with your Panthers questions every Friday for our Friday weekly mailbag throughout the offseason. We'll start off this week with Travis. He actually asked me a question last week, but he did it Friday morning, so make sure to send those in by Thursday evening and I'll get to him. Travis asking me, who has their breakout year? And how do you feel about the linebacker core? If someone's going to have a breakout year for the Carolina Panthers, I'm going to say Dante Jackson, man. Dante, he he ran into a couple of interceptions there in his rookie year. He also showed he wasn't all that coachable. Struggled his, his second year in the league. Last year, he was good when he was in, but just not healthy. I think this is it right now for Dante Jackson. I think Matt Rule, Phil Stowe, this coaching staff, loves him. They talked about when they drafted J.C. Horn. That's a guy who can start opposite of Dante. Having J.C. Horn out there with him. Also, having A.J. Boye, who's been a pro bowler before. That kind of competition. Those guys pushing him and also having guys who can also demand attention from the opposing offense and the quarterback, I think it's going to help Dante. And it's a contract year. And y'all know about contract years, right? They're undefeated. This is going to be a breakout year for Dante Jackson. I think he has a big year and positions himself for a new deal here in Carolina. How do I feel about the linebacker core? I'm good with Shaq Thompson. Apparently he's added 10 pounds. He's up to 235 now. Love Denzel Perryman when he's been healthy he's been a heavy hitter a really solid player when he was with the los angeles chargers now coming here wearing 52 the number that john beason a university of miami alum also wore with the carolina panthers and hopefully god he can't be worse than last year's number 52 to hear whitehead who I, I believe is still a free agent which should tell you everything you need to know which you guys already knew this anyway about how bad he was last year at him We get Chin playing a little linebacker, too. Jermaine Carter Jr., he's really stepped up. He's also a dude who's ready to lay a hat on somebody. I like these linebackers. I don't think, like, this is the greatest linebacker core in Panthers history, of course. These dudes, they're nothing compared to what we saw, obviously, with um, Thomas Davis and Luke Kuechly for all those years. And even A.J. Klein playing behind them. And Dan Morgan was a complete monster when he was healthy and not suffering concussions. Like that Super Bowl game he had in Super Bowl 38 was absurd. But I like these guys, so I feel I feel good about the linebacker core. I don't feel great. I'm not overexcited. I don't think we'll feel bad about him. I think right there in the middle, we're going like a one to five rating about how do I feel about him? Put him on a three and a half. I'm gonna cheat, say three and a half. Okay. So uh, appreciate the question, Travis. Sepha, I believe. He said, with Bank of America Stadium being over two decades old, Charlotte FC suiting up Sue and Tepper at the helm, do you think a new stadium is on the horizon, especially a covered one that could host Super Bowls in February and Final Fours in April? Well, if you listen to the on the other day, I did cover this. David Tepper, he was out in Rock Hill um, telling folks that there's no way in hell he's building a dome stadium in Charlotte after COVID happened. He did not say that he would not have a retractable roof, but he also mentioned that the weather is beautiful here in Carolina. And I just don't think, if you've been to Mercedes-Benz Stadium down in Atlanta, like they have a retractable roof, but you just don't get that natural sunshine that you get with just a pure outdoor stadium like we have here in Charlotte. So I'm kind, I'm cool with what the Panthers have right now. I'm no idiot. I know that one day the Charlotte City Council is going to fork over the money for David Tepper to build a new state-of-the-art palatial stadium, and he said that he's going to pay for a third of it. We're gonna pay for a third of it if you're a citizen of Charlotte. And then PSLs we'll pay for the other third. So he's gonna pay for a third of the stadium when he's worth fourteen point five billion dollars. And let's imagine this is probably what a three, four billion dollar, maybe five billion dollar stadium. I mean it's absurd that he's only gonna pay for a third of it, but there's a reason why this guy is as rich as he is. You know, you don't get rich by spending your own money. And he's smart, dude. He's not and he knows he's probably gonna pit South Carolina versus North Carolina. He's already kind of done that with the practice facility. I don't think it's a bad idea to go out there and move the practice facility to Rock Hill and in, to incorporate some stuff in that area. Also, moving that means there's gonna be space for him to build an entertainment district already with the stadium that they have. If anything, I'm cool with what we have with the current stadium. And he said it that he's gonna they're gonna do whatever they can do to keep improving the facility that they already have. He was a little ridiculous when he said at some point that buildings will fall down. if that's the case then people should not be going in there ever, if this building's apparently going to fall down, the foundation of Bangerbury America Stadium is that bad. Arrowhead Stadium, it's been there forever out in Kansas City, and they've been just fine. Lambeau Field been out there for a long ass time. There's plenty of like college stadiums that have been there forever. They've done renovations and expanded it. And yeah, it's a different little, different clientele, different experience. But going to college games are a hell of a lot more fun than going to NFL games, if we're being honest. And I enjoy going to Panther games. But am I having more fun at a Panther game or, or at a game at, like, South Carolina when the Gamecocks are rolling with Steve Spurrier? Or when I've been down to Clemson? Come on. Either way. I love, I like the that we have, but I'm not stupid. I know one day that the city council will be sheep and they'll hand over the millions, sorry, <clears throat> billions of dollars that David Tepper wants. But he said he's not going to force it on anyone. Well, I, I know how these things work typically in the United States of America. All right, Kurt saying, you've said repeatedly, you repeatedly, excuse me, you think the Panthers are the third best team in NFC South. Yes, I do believe that. What record do you think it would take to be the second best above the Saints? If their quarterback plays ends up being terrible, I don't think it's far-fetched to be second place at 9-8, and 10-7. Like I, Panthers aren't going 10-7. and seven. And honestly, I've been thinking about this kind of more, uh, because they are the youngest team in the league, like it, And I don't believe Darnold's any good. I'm kind of seeing this more like a 7-10, 8-9 team. More than actually having a winning record at 9-8. and 8. I still think it's possible. Like Atlanta getting rid of Julio. I thought they were already better than Atlanta anyway. Those are two games I feel like they sh- they got to find a way to win. Historically, they have a losing record both home and away against the Falcons. But home, you got to win that. Getting New Orleans Week 2 here is is huge, especially after getting the Jets week one, a team that the Panthers have, should have no problem beating, but they are the youngest team in the league. So if they, and it's the NFL week to week league, any given Sunday, yada, yada, yada. You've heard all the cliches. It's possible, but they can't lose that game. I don't see 10 and seven. If they do want to be above New Orleans, then yeah, 10 and seven with the tiebreaker is probably what's going to take. I think the Saints are probably, they still have a loaded roster, which just be honest. That's And if you've seen the Saints the last two years without Drew Brees, what are they, eight and one? With Teddy Bridgewater, the quarterback that y'all say sucks, but he's better than the one that we currently have now here in Charlotte. And Taysom Hill, who you guys also say sucks. And I also don't like Taysom Hill. I'm not really a fan of why they would want to take the ball out of a Hall of Famer's hand to give it to Taysom Hill. Um, Okay, whatever, Sean Payton. Do what you got to do. They still won. And Jameis is not bad. He was number one pick in the draft for a reason, and yeah, he he flamed out of Tampa. He had the 30-for-30 30 30 season, which will go down in history as one of the most remarkable achievements in NFL history. And I I think he deserves a bust in Canton for what he what he did that year. But you saw the Bucs literally added a new quarterback and then won a Super Bowl. So I don't think James is, that is bad. It's just he has laser. He got LASIK now, so maybe he couldn't see. He was always squinting. Back in uh, out of Florida State, he was always squinting, looking at Jimbo Fisher trying to get the play call. And decision-making on and off the field was never great for Jameis. I haven't heard any bad things happen with Jameis recently, so maybe he's he's matured. And if we compare Jameis to, like, Darnold's situation, much better situation in Tampa that Jameis had. But Jameis was also way better. And he has always been better, if we just look at high school, college, pros, than Sam Darnold. So I would have far more faith in Jameis Winston and Sean Payton's offense. Now, the wide receivers... Aren't great. But you still have Alvin Kamara, who's a stud, and, of course, Michael Thomas, who was, like, the best wide receiver in football back in 2019 and had injuries last year. I, I still feel like the Saints are a better team. But, yeah, 10-7, and 7, to answer your question, with a tiebreaker would probably be what it would take to be the second-best team in the NFC South over New Orleans. Or, I guess, probably Jameis getting hurt into being stuck with Taysom Hill. Alex said, how many games does Darnold miss this Year with illness, Mono got him with three. And going back to where I started off the podcast, I don't get it. I really don't. For a guy who has missed time due to injury and illness, why he would even risk his own health and potentially put the team in a bad situation, which is why I've said they need to get a veteran back at quarterback. I don't really buy into Will Greer or PJ Walker being a starter for multiple weeks for the Carolina Panthers. Which, looking at Sam Donald's history, is more than likely more likely than not and going to happen this year. So especially in the offensive line, not being very good. Yeah. So yeah, I think he's probably gonna miss a couple games, (laughs) hopefully not to COVID, but if it is, man, I would be so mad if I was Scott Fitter. And I don't, and I don't know where Fitter and those guys stand, but I would be very upset if I was the Panthers brass and Sam Darnold gets COVID after not getting a vaccine and it negatively impacts his team this season. So yeah, I mean, I think he's gonna probably miss games because he always misses games. But hopefully not. Of course, I don't want see anyone get hurt or sick. And obviously, I hope if anyone gets COVID, that they feel better. And they're in, more than likely, as we've known, most guys like Sam Darnold are fine. But not, it's not the case for everybody and the people that they might interact with and who might get it secondhand from someone who's around Sam Darnold and is not even in Sam Darnold's orbit. That's why you get a vaccine. But again, my PSA, all that kind of stuff, it's over. If you're mad, I don't care. All right, thank you guys again for listening to the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Um, you can also check us out on the new Odyssey app, a Google podcast, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from. And make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where you can DM me, you can tweet at me, whatever Panthers question you have every Friday for a weekly Friday mailbag. Or if you ever just want to interact uh, for whatever reason, sure, go ahead. DMs are open you're upset about things i've said go ahead dm me i might respond or i might just ignore it because i'm not going to argue with strangers on the internet but if you're reasonable then certainly i will give you an opportunity to have some level of discourse just be respectful so thank you so much for listening guys i will talk to you next week